we all have different strengths, and I would definitely say one of my strengths is offending people. And I'm not boasting about that this morning. I am, for whatever reason, just really good at it. Teasing people comes very naturally to me. It's something I inherited from my grandfather and uh, something that's kind of been passed down through the generations. I'll give you guys an example of this. Uh, about seven years ago, I was speaking at a Christian school, and it was the last day, and the last day is, always has to be the most powerful. Everyone has their expectations really high for that day. And the band is there with me, Andrew and the guys, and they're leading, and they get to the last song of the day, and the, everyone in the audience starts clapping at a different tempo than what the band is playing at. And I'm trying to be a good pastor. I'm trying to worship. I'm saying in my heart, God, I can worship you to anything. It doesn't matter what the music is. It's just about you. But man, this was really bad. Like it was throwing everyone off in the whole room. And me being me, the first words that come out of my mouth when I go on that stage to preach the message are, man, y'all need some new music teachers. That was horrible. You guys don't even know how to clap. Like there's nothing like offending people right before you share the gospel, right? It was a while before I was invited back there. But that's something that's one of my strengths. And we all have different strengths. But one thing is for sure. In this life, in general, you need a lot of strength to handle all of the difficult and, and all of the issues in this world. And we've all had our strength tested in 2020. Think about it on a worldwide level. We started off the year with these crazy wildfires in Australia that destroyed acres and acres of land, millions. And then we went right into a worldwide pandemic. And then quarantine. And on top of that, there is so much tension in our nation. There are riots happening. It's so easy to get discouraged in the time that we are living in right now. And that's on a large scale. What about on a personal level? All the different things that we're going through. I lost some people that I love this year, and I'm sure that you did too. And that really, really hurt. I had to do two funerals. And man, that took something out of me. It, it took away my strength in a lot of ways. Some of you lost your job. Some of you guys were sick, and you were in the fight of your life. Some of you had someone that you love get sick, and you couldn't even go see them. All you could do is call them on a phone. Man, these times that we're living in are so incredibly difficult. Some of you guys are carrying weight right now that no one else even knows about. And you just feel like you can't even go another day. It's so easy to be discouraged. But we all come to church and we like to pretend that we're all good. We have our nice church clothes on. We put a big smile on. But deep down, we're tired and we're hurting. And I think maybe we're starting to realize that we're not as strong as we originally thought we were. And maybe the things that we have placed our hope in aren't as strong as we thought they were. I don't know about you, but man, I'm just tired. I haven't slept much in 2020. There have just been some things weighing on my mind and my heart. And it's so easy to get lost in everything that's going on. So easy to ask the question, God, where are you in all of this? God, what are you doing? Man, if you've asked that question lately, I hope to help you a little bit today. Hope to open up your eyes a little bit to maybe what God is doing behind the scenes. When things don't make sense, I have to run to Scripture. 
I can't go to what I hear on the news, the narrative that they're selling of disaster and gloom. I can't go to social media and hear people's opinions. I can't even trust my own feelings because they lie to me and your feelings lie to you. I have to go to God's word because he is not surprised by any of this. God knows what is going on in the world. And I felt like God led me to Isaiah chapter 6. And I wrestled with this verse all week because I wasn't sure if this is really what God had. But the more I prayed about it, the more I felt like this is where God would have us be today. So we're going to start in Isaiah chapter 6. And this is what it says. In the year that King Uzziah died. Now, he is dating his vision that he's about to have, but he is also giving us some context for what was going on. Isaiah was considered to be a great king. He took over the throne at the age of 16. Could you imagine being 16 years old and being king? That's like my man Tomo right here being king. That scares me a little bit, right? But God blessed Isaiah because Uzziah because Uzziah decided to honor God with his life and because of this they won a ton of battles and they grew their wealth and they grew their territory and it was a time of prosperity for the people but as Uzziah got older he became prideful and because of his pride he made a couple of bad decisions in his life and those decisions led him to develop leprosy and because of that he was cast off. He was isolated from everyone else. But what's so interesting to me about Uzziah's story is this is not the last time that he is mentioned in Scripture. He is mentioned again in the book of Matthew. And it says that Jesus comes from the line of Uzziah. See, God redeems even our broken choices and even our bad mistakes. And that's what we see here with Uzziah. See, King Uzziah's death left the people in a cloud of uncertainty. They didn't know what was next for them. You have to understand what it was like for them. They had some really bad kings in their time that led them to some really dark times. Maybe they were concerned that God would punish them because of Uzziah's mistakes. Maybe they felt like all hope was lost because their enemies would hear about how their king had died and they are weak and vulnerable in this moment. There were so many what-ifs going through the people's mind. Man, that sounds a lot like 2020 to me. There are so many what-ifs right now. We are a couple of weeks away from a huge election that will determine where our country continues to head. There's so many what-ifs surrounding this virus. There are people saying that they come back stronger, that there may be another quarantine, that it may have lasting effects in our society. There are so many what-ifs. What happens to the stock market? What happens to that job that you've been waiting on? So many different what-ifs. So much uncertainty that we are living in right now. So we can relate to what the people were going through right here. I want to read to you guys this whole verse again in its full context, but I want to look at the King James Version because I think this gives us a little bit of better insight. And this is what it says. In the year that King Uzziah died, 
I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. The only difference between the King James Version and the NIV Version is that word also. But I want you to see that word for a second. Because it is so important. Uzziah in Hebrew means my strength. So I want you to think about it this way for a second. In the year that my strength died, in the year that I lost so much, I also saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up. I want you to also see something today. To catch a glimpse and be reminded that our God is still on the throne today. He is above all. All things. In the year that my strength died, I got a picture of what real strength was. I saw God in his splendor on the throne. And I began to experience real strength in my life. We find that the things that we place our strength in are fragile. My strength was in that job that I had and my salary, but man, I was let go. My strength was in the stock market, but it crashed. My Faith and my strength were in those relationships, but they left me. They abandoned me. It didn't work out the way I hoped it would. Man, so many things that we place our hope and faith in have let us down. And here's what I want to tell you. It's a good thing that we've seen that these things are broken. Because at one point or another, they were going to let us down. Because they aren't real strength. There is one place that you and I can find real strength. And that is in Jesus. Nothing else compares to him. Everything else will crumble. Everything else will fall apart. But he will stand the test of time. I'm becoming that guy who cares way too much about his grass. I think at some point every man goes through this. Um, I just want the perfect lawn. And it's, so, it's not so much about having the perfect lawn as much as it is um, having a better lawn than all of your neighbors, that's just how you feel sometimes. Like, I just need to have the better lawn. And so I've been researching it. This is what my life has come to, how to get better grass. And I kind of came to this idea of overseeding. And they told me that if you want a better lawn, then this is what you need to do. And it's this process of aerating your grass, putting little um, holes in the soil so that it can breathe. And then you need to cut the grass as low as possible, as low as your lawnmower will go. And you basically need to bring it down to the dirt. And once you bring it down to the dirt, then you can put the seed on down so that the new grass can grow. And I just wonder if in 2020, God is bringing things back down to the dirt so that he could regrow them again. I wonder if God is bringing us down and taking some things down so that he can grow something much stronger in its place. See, we have put our faith and our hope in broken systems and in broken people and in broken things, and he knew that it was going to lead us to bad places. So maybe God has allowed us to go through this in 2020 so that he could bring something so much greater from the dirt that we currently are in. Sometimes you need to tear things down so you can build it back stronger. See, Israel's king had died, but their God still lives. And when you lose small K kings in your life, don't let it blind you to the king. The king above all kings. The name above all 
names. And that's what pain does. Pain brings us to a state of isolation where we can only see what is right in front of us and we miss out on the whole picture. All we see is that pain right in front of us. And it screams to us, it distracts us from everything that's happening around us. And we're missing hope every single day because all we can focus in is our pain. But there is so much more going on. Do not let pain distract you from what God is trying to do in your life. He says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. God is above everything. He is high and lifted up. A lot of us feel like we have a lot of things weighing really heavy on us. Just things that are like a weight on our shoulder. They feel like they are over us. Kind of controlling us in our life right now. But here's what I want to tell you, is that God is over the things that are over you. He is on that throne today, and he is so much more powerful than that issue you are facing, that battle that you are going through. It answers to him. And you can give your trust to him tonight. You can lean into his strength and don't have to keep trying to do it on your own. You can lean in to Jesus. Let's look at this next verse. And the train of his robe filled the temple. I want you guys to get this picture. I'm a church kid. I grew up in church my whole entire life. And back in the day, they would just take whole scripture and turn it into a song. And so I remember being a kid and hearing this exact verse. The train of his robe filled the temple. And as a kid, I was like, what in the world does that mean? God has a train on his robe that it goes around the whole temple. Like, what could that possibly mean? Right? No, but that's not what that is. What it is is this giant robe that God has on. And for you guys to get the picture, sometimes brides have trains that they have on their, on their dress, right? And it is this idea in ancient times that the greater the size of the train, the more glory and splendor belonged to that person. And so we see right here that God's splendor is unmatched. The train of his robe fills the entire temple. I want you just to picture a robe right now with the train filling this room. That, that would be amazing. Now picture it in God's temple. That is a picture of who our God really is. Our pain distracts us, keeps us away from remembering how great and amazing he truly is. What a sight this must have been to behold, to take in. God is so much more amazing than we've even begun to glimpse in our life here on earth. And this is an amazing picture. When I feel overwhelmed, I have to change my focus. I have to take my issues off of my pain and all the things that are distracting me and place them back on Jesus, back on the God who is on the throne. It's so easy to get caught up in the narrative of all that's wrong. But in those moments, I've had to train myself to take my eyes off of those things and put them on God. And the way that you do that is by getting scripture in your heart, speaking it out loud, reminding yourself about truth of God in the moment when you feel those things coming against you, when you feel the anxiety setting on, when you 
feel the fear starting to take a hold of you, you speak out loud or you speak in your heart truths about God. That there is nothing impossible for him. There is nothing impossible for the one who believes. And you get scripture in your heart and you watch how your feelings will change. See, focus fuels feelings. And if you are focused on your pain, you will stay in pain. But if you take your eyes on something greater, somewhere where the strength never runs out, then there is new endurance that comes from your heart in those moments. Let's look at verse 3. We're going to skip a little bit and jump to verse 3. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorsteps and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah has this amazing vision, this revelation of God. And he is about to teach us how to respond in moments like this. I wonder how we would respond in a moment like that in 2020. Would we take out our phones real quick and be like, God, can I get a selfie with you real quick? The boys at the temple are never going to believe this, right? right? They are so dumb. They are so sinful. Man, those guys are going to burn in hell forever, right? Or would we have the same reaction of Isaiah and go, woe is me. See, revelation is always supposed to start with self-reevaluation. It looks at myself first. It looks at the inside and sees that I need God just as much as everyone else. Some of us who feel like we've got this word from God feel like we need to run social media, right? We have to run and tell everyone about it. We need to run and write a book. We need to run and do all these things. No, you need to let that change you first. God gave you that word so it could change you. See, sometimes we think we're better than everyone else because we've gotten this insight. But the truth is, maybe we're just as broken, if not more broken. And oftentimes that is the case. We are more broken, and that's why God has given us this word, and we'll talk about that idea a little bit later on in the message. But let it change you first. Don't go run to tell everyone else. It starts with you. This whole attitude of woe is me is how Christians were always supposed to see the world. We weren't supposed to go around, throw stones at everyone else, point at everyone else's sin. Our sin should always be the biggest deal to us. We should always... Let it drive us to compassion for everyone else. And when we don't catch this, when we don't realize this, it makes us cold. It makes us unempathetic. And we miss out on what God is truly trying to do in our lives. 2020 just might be the year where God was trying to make us stronger by tearing things down to the dirt so that grace and mercy could grow in the place of judgment. More and more in my life, I feel like that's something that God is trying to drive into his church. I feel that at the heartbeat of his church right now. 
that we are supposed to be the last ones to throw stones at people, that we are supposed to pull people out of pits regardless of what we think about them, regardless if they have just come to Christ or if they've been in Christ for 40 years. We are supposed to come around people and hold them up, support them, and remembering that we are just as broken. See, we are really, really good at being judgmental with people who sin differently than us. But man, we are all broken. Woe is me. My sin is my biggest deal. And it leads me to compassion when I realize that. It, really, it leads me to the heart of the Father. Verse 6, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Man, we need a touch of God so desperately. We need it. And the good news for you and I is that our sin is already dealt with. Jesus has taken care of that. But that does not mean that we do not consistently have to go back to the altar on our hands and knees and say, God, I need a touch of your strength. I need you, God. It is so important that we remember that we always go back to the altar for a touch. Verse 8, then I heard the voice, the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. After Isaiah has went through this whole process, finally God is able to use him. I want to share a story with you guys. And I was reluctant to share this, but I feel like God wants me to. When I was just a boy at 12 years old, um, I was at church and there was this guy who came to church who prays for people. And he just hears from God really clearly. And he was praying for some different people in the room. And while he was praying for people, I just felt God say in my heart, it wasn't a voice that I heard, I just felt God say in my heart, who will I send? And at first I wasn't sure what to think of that. I was like, God, you can't be talking to me. Like, I am way too broken. I have way too many issues. I am not someone you want to use. Choose someone else, God. And I heard it again. And I said, all right, God, if you want to use me, then you use me. And I just kept praying that over and over again. And God, if you want to use me, then, th then use me. And this guy comes over and he starts to pray for me. And he said a, a bunch of different things. And then he said to me, and I never said these words out loud. I was just praying them in my heart. He, he looked at me and he said, God has heard your prayer. He'll send you. And I began to ugly cry in that moment. Like, I had never felt God like that in my entire life. And it was so powerful. And the reason why I share that with you today is because I have learned the pattern that Isaiah went through in this scripture over and over again in my life. And this is the pattern that I see in scripture as well. It starts with brokenness. It goes to a vision Self-reevaluation, woe is me, then a touch from God, then use me. We want to jump right to the use me part. But there is a cycle that God takes the people that he uses through first. And it's not always easy. Sometimes it hurts a little bit. Sometimes you need to endure, but it is worth it. And maybe that is what God is doing in our world right now. I want to look at another portion of scripture with you guys tonight, just to tie all of this together, just a New Testament view on this. 
This is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. We're not sure what Paul's thorn was right here. Some theologians speculate that it was a sin struggle that he was going through. Others say there were some actual people who were giving him issues during his ministry. Other people say it may have been a sickness that he was fighting. Regardless of what it was, he was suffering in some really deep ways. But it was sent to keep him from being conceited. And that seems difficult to understand right here, right? Because it's obviously a messenger of Satan. Well, why would God allow this? This is what Matthew Henry says about this verse. This is sent to discourage the apostle who had been so highly favored of God. It was trying to hinder his work. But God designed this for good. God takes all the evil that comes at us in this life and he makes it work for our good. Every difficult thing, every painful thing that you have walked through in your life, God saw it before it got to you. And he said, I will repurpose this for their good. And if it wasn't for your good, he wouldn't let it happen. If he couldn't turn it and make you more like Jesus, he wouldn't allow it to happen. That is how our God works. And in the middle of that, that's really difficult to understand. When you are suffering and you are hurting and you feel discouraged and you just want a breakthrough, that's really hard to hear. But I want you to know that there is purpose in your pain. Even your failures. God would not let you go through them if he could not bring good out of them. But he knows that he can. And he does. And he will for you. He makes all things work together for the good. And he takes the evil that has been brought against us. And he makes it work for good. I want to tell you guys that in my life, my successes have blinded me. They have made me cold. They have made me distance myself from people. At times, think that I was maybe even better. But you know what? It was my failures. It was my deepest hurts that turned into my greatest ministry, which made me an effective minister, which allowed me to see people and grace for what it truly is, and so God had to let me go through some really difficult things in my life, understand some deep pain so that I would understand grace better, so that I could help pull people out of pits. And the same is true for you too. Nothing is wasted in your life. Nothing that you have been through or that you are hurting through today is wasted. That will be your greatest ministry. The things that you are running from right now God will turn that into your greatest ministry. Those deepest pains that people have caused you, that is your ministry to the world. And God will make you more effective through it. There is purpose in your pain and in the things that we go through in this life. Let's look at verse 8. Three times I've pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Have you ever pleaded with God to take something from you? I'm not even talking about three times. I'm talking about months 
I'm talking about years, crying out in desperation. God, take this struggle from me. God, take this issue. God, take this, this, or that, whatever it is. I mean, I'm talking about praying so much that you've run out of words, that the only thing that you can muster up is God save me. I get that. I understand that, what it's like to be at that place. But what you have to see today is that God is putting you through it for a purpose. I cannot drive this into your heart deep enough because when you're in the middle of it, it hurts so bad. It hurts, and you just want to get through it, but there's something to learn in the middle of what you are going through. And my fear is that you would think that God is cold, that you would think that he doesn't understand, and that is so far from the truth. I want to read to you Psalm 56, 8. This is what it says. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. God has seen what you are going through. He understands. He's written down every single sorrow that you have in his book. And he is with you today. His arms are around you. He sees the pain, but he knows the good that it's going to bring in your life and the good that it's going to bring for all of the other people around you. This world needs you guys. It doesn't, need people, doesn't just need people like me up here on a stage. You can reach people that I never could. And God is using all of the things in your life to bring you into situations that you can minister at a deep level through. Some of the people that have ministered the deepest to me in my life have no ministry training. They just love Jesus, and they've been through things, and they spoke into my life and encouraged me and lifted up my arms. Let's look at verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. He says, I will boast about my weakness so God's power will rest on me. And this is very hard to explain. This is where our faith needs to get kicked in, right? kicked into action because this is divine in nature this is something supernatural that happens when we are weak when we are hurting then God's power can come in and change our outlook our perspective it can bring peace it can bring joy in the middle of difficult situations I want you guys to get this today is that God has always used weak people to lead strong and maybe today you're sitting in the audience and you just feel like God could never use you because your past is so flawed, it's so broken. You just feel so weak today. I want you to know that God uses who he wants. One time God spoke through a donkey to get the gospel out because he chooses who he will. And oftentimes he chooses weak people so that his power could be shown through them all the greater. I see this over and over again in scripture. I look at the life of Moses. God called him knowing very well all of his failures, knowing very well all of his deep flaws inside. God calls Moses 
And then he goes and murders a person, and he runs off into the desert to try and escape his calling. But God never gave up on him. God followed him, and God used him to, to deliver his people because God uses weak people. And maybe some of you are discouraged today because you're saying, you know, Joey, my failure came after I came to Christ. Well, I want to tell you about someone named Peter. One day Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, you are the rock on which I will build my church. Jesus says that to him before his greatest failure of denying Jesus, right before the crucifixion, multiple times. See, God chooses weak people, and if you are hurting, if you are discouraged today, if you just feel like your story is over and done because of the things that you have done, that is not true. If there is still breath in your lungs, God is not done with you yet. Sometimes those of us that have hurt the most are the ones that God will use the most because he knows that we understand grace at a deep level. God isn't done with you yet, and he uses who he wants, regardless of what people think or say about that person. Let's look at verse 10. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There is this tension in Scripture. Because it says that we are more than conquerors, that we are overcomers because of Jesus. But then it also talks about enduring. It also talks about standing firm in our faith. And we look at that and we see that in verses like this, that we can stand strong in the middle of persecution, that we can delight in our weaknesses and insults, and there is this tension going back and forth, and we live in that tension right now. Sometimes God does the impossible and the breakthrough in, in our lives, and sometimes for seasons, he calls us to endure, and some of you guys are in that season right now of enduring and fighting, and I want to tell you not to give up, and the best thing that I could speak into your life today is to remember that this life is not forever, that there is an end to this life, and this life is like a drop in the bucket compared to eternity, and you need to keep your eyes on eternity because there will be a day when Jesus makes all things right, where there will be no more tears, where there will be no more hardship but you can endure because God's strength is with you. You can stand your ground. Grapes get crushed to make wine. Olives get pressed to make oil. Diamonds form under pressure. Seeds grow in darkness. Gold is melted to be purified. Don't give up if life is difficult right now. God brings beautiful things out of pressure in our life. The best thing sometimes. And he's not done with you yet. You can't lose sight of what he's doing. Look at the bigger picture today. See him sitting, seating on the throne above everything in control of your life. I have a note on my desk. I read this note every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Share it with you guys. Preacher, you may take the stage hyper-aware of your inadequacies, troubled by your failings, and wounded by your critics, but you have the book. The book breaks chains, transforms hearts, 
awakens souls, makes the devil tremble. Though your hands shake, the sword is sure. I want to repurpose that for you guys today. You may be hyper aware of your inadequacies, troubled by your failings, and wounded by your critics, but you have Jesus. Jesus breaks chains, transforms hearts, awakens souls, and makes the devil tremble. Though your hand shake, Jesus is sure. And so, in the year where we lost so much, in the year that was so difficult, I want you to get a picture of God. In the year that your strength died, you found a greater strength that stands the test of time, that can endure all hardships, that is divine in its nature. There is nothing that you cannot overcome or endure with Jesus. He's not done with us yet. I believe he's tearing things down to the dirt so he can grow something in its place. And God wants you to be a part of that. So you can't give up on us. Jesus is with you today. And he is over all the things that are over you. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for what you're doing. For what you're working. God, that you haven't just abandoned us. That you haven't forgotten about us. That you see all of the tears that are spilled in this room, God. You see the struggles. You see the hurt. And you've written them all down. I pray, God, for that person who has been enduring for a really long time and they feel weary. They just feel weak. Another day just sounds so overwhelming to them, God. I pray that you would lift their arms. I pray that your strength would fall on them like never before, Jesus. Thank you, God, for what you're doing and you're working in their life, that there is going to be so much purpose that is born out of this pain. I pray, God, for the people who just feel like failures, God, who just feel like all of their flaws are keeping them from you. There's no way that you could love someone like them, let alone use them. God, I pray for that person who's just so discouraged and just so beaten up because of that. I pray that they would be reminded of all the people in Scripture that had deep flaws, but you still used and you still called beloved. Thank you, God, that you use broken people and you bring beautiful things out of their lives, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that you would do something deep in us as a church, God. God, that we would live this, Lord. That you would tear down the walls that we have built inside, God. And that we would realize that you have called us to pull people out of pits. And so it's time to throw our opinions aside, what we think, and start being grace and mercy. I pray, Jesus, that we would see so many come to know you in this next season. Thank you, God, that you are always doing something behind the scenes, even when we don't feel like it. Thank you, God, that your power is made perfect in weakness. There is no sin that separates us from you today. There is nothing in our past or that we will do in our future that has any hold on us. It is you and you alone, Jesus. If your our story is not done yet, God, then you're then you're still doing something. Thank you, Lord. We pray this all in your name.
Amen.